0: offer you glory and honor and affection because of who you are and what you have done for us. We celebrate, Jesus, your victory over sin and death, and we are so thankful that we are included in that. We are so thankful that we can be free. We are so thankful we can be forgiven. And so, Lord, I pray that as we just celebrate together this morning, that our eyes would be on you, not on any of the things that we have done. Because if there's anything that we have done, it's been because of you and through you, Jesus. You deserve all the glory. And so, Holy Spirit, come make us humble, make us glad that you have chosen to partner with us and enable us to share in that inheritance. And we pray all of these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Go ahead and have a seat. Have a seat. Yeah. There's going to be two verses I'm grounding this time together in, and one is Psalm chapter 21. Psalm 21. maybe not, I think I got the wrong reference, but we'll get there. Sorry, I went to Bible college, I promise. (laughs) Those are are real degrees on my wall. I really struggle to live in the present. It's uh, one of the biggest challenges I face as a dad. It is really hard for me to be present with Jack and not let my mind drift into the future, into other things that are happening or what I could be doing or what's happening tomorrow. It's it's a, it's it's work for me to just play trains, right? Um, it's one of the biggest challenges I face as a husband. Uh, my poor wife is just kind of constantly hearing me talk about the future and maybe later and then and then and meanwhile, like our dishwasher needs loaded, right? Um, come back. And I think it's uh, one of the biggest challenges I face: this inability to or struggle to live in the present. It's one of the biggest challenges that I have as I lead our church, as I lead you, I think it's, and it kind of looks like this, when we accomplish something, I've already, like, kind of moved on to the next goal, okay? So, like, even today has been, like, six weeks of dreaming in the making, and I'm having to really work to be here and not be already kind of excited about Easter, right? Right? And so you're here and trying to savor this or we, there is a win or there is a goal accomplished or we do take that step and I'm already kind of saying, okay, fine, yeah, next thing, right? And so pray for the staff um, and um, because there's kind of this breathless move into the future and, and I'm glad that God made me that way but this morning I wanted us to, to stop. Uh, I want to stop and and... Receive the Lord's intervention and an invitation to pause and to celebrate. I I sensed um, the Lord nudging me to kind of do a gathering, one service, where we could look at everything that the Lord did over the last year and kind of look ahead to the future a little bit. And Steph said, well, what do you want to call this? And other churches call it like the state of the church. And that's just not who we are. (laughs) It's just not who we are. And so Steph was like, what do you want to call it? I said, well, I want to call our church to celebrate some things that the Lord has done, and then I, I, I want, I want uh, to call our church to a commitment uh, in the next season of life together. And she said, well, let's call it a celebration and commitment Sunday. Okay. And so this is how we are here. And this is a psalm. Somebody needs to Google this for me and figure out the right verse. But the psalm is, with music and singing, we celebrate your mighty acts. It is not Psalm 21.3. Um <laughs> With music and singing we celebrate your mighty acts. Yep, Psalm 21:13. There you go. We've reviewed this PowerPoint like four times now, but cool. With music and singing we celebrate your mighty acts. Obviously, the mighty act that we gather and celebrate are the things that we just sang about the life, death and resurrection of Jesus. But even today, we want to pause and look at some of the more specific things he's just done among us, our little corner of the body of Christ. In in his book, The Celebration of Discipline, Richard Foster actually names celebration as a spiritual discipline. He says that celebration is a spiritual discipline, just like Bible reading and fasting and praying and silence and solitude and gathering and worship, he names celebration as a spiritual discipline. And I, I think that's because often our lives are too hurried and frantic to celebrate, right? Uh, We're always kind of moving on to the next thing, trying to arrange a birthday party or any kind of celebration feels hard to do. I think another reason is that when we do celebrate in our cultural moment, we tend to celebrate things that are not of the Lord, right? And so there's this call to celebrate, this call from a Jesus who was accused of being a glutton and a drunkard. Jesus liked to party. A a Jesus whose first miracle is done at a wedding, right? There's this invitation from Jesus to celebrate. And I didn't know that we would need, when I started feeling this nudge to have this gathering back in January, I didn't know that we would need this gathering. But really over the last six weeks, as somebody put it on our team, every person I talk to in our church is experiencing some measure of spiritual warfare, right? Also, if you haven't noticed, it's February in Northeast Ohio, right? (laughs) And so, there's an invitation, I think, here to pause and to celebrate what God is doing and to have our eyes kind of raised out of the weather, raised out of some really troubling global events, raised out of some of the struggles that we have in our lives to celebrate what the Lord has done. And and by the end of it, I will call you to a commitment for the future because hello, I'm still me, right? Um, but but I want us to stop and I want us to celebrate with singing what the Lord has done. And as I looked over the last year, five highlights kind of rose to the surface. And one of those highlights was baptisms. We make a big deal out of baptisms. Um, we have people reaffirm their baptisms, we baptize Babies, we baptize adults. And uh, this last year, we saw 10 people from the littlest among us to the grayer in hair among us <laughs> but be baptized or reaffirm their baptism. And we are planning more baptisms and, in fact, trying to finagle a way to put a baptism tank in here to have people baptized on Easter Sunday. Uh, so if you would like to reaffirm your baptism or be baptized for the first time, we would love to put you in a tank of water that we're going to somehow put on this floor. We're working on it. We're working on it. Uh, the, second, uh, the second highlight is that we launched a student ministry to grades 5 through 12 on Tuesday nights last fall. And we've kind of had some student ministry, youth ministry opportunities throughout the years in fits and starts. Um, but it's been really exciting to watch a team of really committed volunteers, Tim Nowry, Mike and Jenna Frisk, and Holden Garrett, are here every Tuesday night leading that. And the kind of plan that we worked on was that I would help them start it using some of my kind of gifting and starting things and then kind of fade out. But the way our fall looked, I kind of was there for maybe two weeks and then barely there the rest of the semester. But every time I I dove into youth group, I was always amazed by the joy in the room, right? And if joy is being glad to be together, it was really exciting to watch students be glad to be together and adults to be glad to be together, lots of good laughter. And so if you're a student in grades 5 through 12, Youth Group is on Tuesday nights, and Holden is not here, but Mike and Jenna are, and they would love to talk to you about Youth Group. The third highlight is how God worked through our Naturally Supernatural workshops. We've hosted four, and we've done two in 2021. Our fourth Will be this may 13th and 14th on super uh, supernatural and, and spiritual warfare but these naturally supernatural workshops the first one um, last spring about a year ago on hearing god and the second one on healing have been really important as we try to grow our holy spirit dependency why are we trying to grow our holy spirit dependency because we're trying to give everyone in our neighborhoods and networks an opportunity to see hear and respond to the good news of jesus And as we look at the scriptures it feels like the supernatural accompanied that outward movement in the early church and so we're just trying to increase our dependence on the holy spirit and so at our naturally supernatural event this fall we saw six eight ten people healed it was pretty awesome and so um, we're really growing in that ability to depend on the holy spirit which i think is really cool another highlight is groups so if you hang around Regen for any length of time, you know that we want you really two times out of the week. We want you here in the gathered church on Sunday mornings, and then we want you out somewhere else in the scattered church throughout the week. And so we had about 50% of our church active in one of at least 14 groups over the last year, which is really awesome. And, and we recognize seasons of life and this, that, and the other. In 2020, when we were all trapped at home, it was like 80% because what else did we have to do, right? Um, But we're really excited to see people growing in groups, and in a little while you'll hear a video from somebody whose life has really been shaped by uh, their participation in a group, which is really, really cool. And and when I was first putting our celebration and commitment Sunday together, I was only gonna have four highlights, but a fifth one has really risen to the top of my mind over the last 10 days or so, and that that fifth one has to do with a culture of prayer here at Regen. This is a really big deal for us. And actually, uh, Steph and I and a couple other leaders were um, invited to kind of do a training for other pastors in our area on how to do a, how to like lead your church in prayer ministry. And nobody really came, uh, which was fine because for those of us that did it, those of us that were, I brought some leaders with us to help lead it, there was something really faith stirring about hearing kind of our prayer journey that began if you remember during COVID lockdown praying multiple times uh, together a day on Zoom right and has kind of evolved into quarterly days of prayer and um, even just the best way I know how to describe this is as a spiritual family it feels like prayer is like our natural first response to like anything Um, and it's also kind of um, it's our natural response it's our first initiative okay hey we want to do this thing let's spend some time praying about it and just hearing what God has to say instead of kind of building a plan and then saying here God we want to do this thing go bless it you know and I really love that because again as we seek to give everyone in our neighborhoods and networks an opportunity to see here and respond to the good news of Jesus prayer is just a vital part of that and, and one of the cool things is that we really did see, among other things, prayer grow uh, in our church, because you'll remember that uh, for uh, back earlier this month, we shared with you our 2021 spiritual growth assessment or survey. Why, why do we do this? Um, we think it is a helpful snapshot of where we are as a spiritual family. I, I can kind of start to like look at a Google form with numbers and kind of go to this place of like are numbers even real, you know? Um, but I think I think it is a helpful snapshot of where we are. And, and, and here's why we do this. We want to get that snapshot of how we've grown over the last year. We also want to offer you a chance to maybe pause and reflect, and as you work your way through this assessment, not to have a pass-fail mentality, but to kind of have a sense of, okay, really, where am I? And how have I been pressing into the things of the Lord? And and really, what does our church care about? Like, this is really, if anything else, an opportunity to communicate to you what is important to us as a church as we lead into it. So, I want to just share with you a few highlights from the 2021 Spiritual Growth Survey. Uh, about 80-some responded, which is much more people than responded last year, um, and I think gives us a fair, fair sense of where we're at. And overall, we are seeing some areas of fruitfulness and growth. So, this first slide has three different charts on it. One of the things we asked is, how have you grown in your spiritual character? And we asked a lot of different questions about spiritual character. And green means people sense that they grew in the last year. The pink means people say they stayed the same, respondents stayed the same. The brown means people regressed, those respondents regressed. But there were three highlights that we felt like were really big. That in the last 12 months, we've grown dramatically in our compassion for lost people. We've grown dramatically in following a Holy, the Holy Spirit's nudge, one of those shoulder tap moments, and we've grown, grown a lot in generosity. And, and th- this is just exciting to me, especially, well, really all three of them. They're really exciting to me because if we don't have a heart for the people in our lives that are far from Jesus, it doesn't matter what the poster on the wall says, Okay? Um, and even as we go out, we need to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit's leading, so we know how to do this. So I've been—I told you, by the way—I've uh, been prayer walking the mall. I kept my word, so I have gone three times now, and every single time I've led three people to the Lord. I have not. I have not. Watch right now. I have not. Um, the big, the big progress this week was that an employee at the mall said hello to me. So yes, but, but here, here's what has happened as we've taken this radical step out. There have actually been like other evangelistic things that have popped up in our lives outside of the mall. So I'm just walking around in the mall praying for spiritual breakthrough. Like I'm asking the Lord, here's what I've come to the conclusion. Th- this is how this is going to happen. I'm gonna have to walk up to some innocent bystander and say, I know this is really strange. I'm a Christian, and I feel like God told me to tell you this, this poor person shopping at Old Navy, you know? But, but I think it's, it really has raised my expectation about what God's going to do, and I think I told you when I first shared this with you that I was kind of grossed out by it, but I'm really encouraged by it and excited by it, and now we're seeing just in other venues of our life, people of peace, people that are far from Jesus, relational opportunities springing up, so I'm going to keep prayer walking the mall. But the reason I tell you this is because the only way I see evangelism happening in the mall setting is if I have a nudge from the Holy Spirit that I follow through on. Um, and, and, and then there's this piece of um, we've asked for uh, over the last 12 months, have you grown in like spiritual influence? Or, and, and the words we're kind of using here, the previous slide has to do with our character. The second slide has to do with our competency, maybe how have you grown in the last 12 months in spiritual influence well you'll see on that top one just a ton of growth in praying for others which is just really really exciting now you'll notice um it kind of hangs off the slide there but in sharing the gospel and in praying for and seeing healing some of us did indicate growth but there was a lot of people saying they stayed the same and that'll come up here in a few moments so i'll kind of unpack that a little further um there's a few things that in particular, though, that we were trying to measure. Uh, two, uh, in, like, intentional journeys of faith that we've been on over the last years at church. And one has to do with worship. We've been pressing into the practice of worship. What are the biblical expressions of worship? And really, there's two kinds. There's an inward expression of worship and an outward expression of worship. And in the last 12 months, 71% of people who responded indicated growth in inward expressions of worship, that they are less distracted during worship. They're having a greater experience of God's presence during worship. It is less of a focus for them on their preference and more of a focus on the person of Jesus and the presence of the Holy Spirit. And so that's really exciting uh, on the inward side. And again, of those who responded, 51% said they grew in those outward biblical expressions that we heard a few minutes ago in worship, clapping, raising hands, shouts of praise. And what I kind of take this to mean is that when we're singing and someone kind of claps from the back of the room or Kyle kind of shouts praise the Lord, about half of us are okay with that. <laughs> the other half are still getting there and that's okay <laughs> because we were on a journey together, right? And and I just want to remind you that these these elements, these are biblical, right? So these aren't, random but these are biblical expressions of worship both inward and outward that we're seeking to grow in and by the way that level of growth is pretty exciting after one advent sermon series on worship that makes me pretty excited another journey that we were on um, starting about a year ago was a journey related to fasting fasting and in the last 12 we asked the last 12 months how often have you fasted for spiritual not medical purposes now here's an interesting element when we did this assessment in 2020 no one reported that they fasted weekly. Um, and now we have some people that are fasting weekly. Um, no one reported that they were fasting weekly. Instead, and, and really, the number of people who say they've not fasted at all in the last year has dipped. Right? So what I take that to mean is everybody has kind of, or, or a lot of our respondents, have kind of taken a step toward fasting in a way that they haven't done prior in the last year. So maybe if you were fasting once a quarter, you might be fasting once a month. If you're fasting once a month, you might be fasting once a week. And that's going to be really important when we get to the commitment section. Um, And if you don't remember what fasting is, um, I did a six-week series on it of Lent of last year. And I imagine the reason you don't remember what fasting is is because, again, at some point, you just, like, blacked out. Um, But... Uh, what one of the things that Preston had a really great idea to do last year was we came into the sanctuary when that sermon series was done and re-recorded the whole teaching series in like 90 second increments. And so uh, on our social media throughout Lent and the next couple months, you're going to have these kind of drips of reminding how to, of reminders of how to fast, which again will be important in a moment. Um, now, uh, there's one area that is kind of reveals a growing edge or an area for us to press into and and the key area is in the area of sharing the gospel uh, amanda let's so show those two so the chart on the left is the answer to the question how many times in the last year have you shared the gospel with someone and encouraged them to surrender their life to jesus in faith now that's that's a, that's a whole question right It's not just sharing the gospel, it is also saying, and are you ready to surrender your life to Jesus right now? Okay. Um, 10% of respondents said they did that more than four times. About 28% said they did it between one to three, and about 60% or two thirds said they hadn't done that at all. Now, when you pair that with the chart I showed you earlier that said that in which 70% of people stayed the same or regressed in their sharing of the gospel, that means. Uh, really, over the last two years, we're only sowing about one-third of the seed that we could be sowing. We're sowing only about one-third of the seed that we could be sowing. And let me tell you why that's important. The level of gospel harvest we see will be directly proportional to the amount of seed we sow, right? I'm not a farmer, but I have planted a planter or two in my life. And uh, here's what I know a farmer doesn't sow seed into one corner of their field and expect the whole field to be full, right? And so, uh, but what what I see in this is not necessarily, uh, but when you put these data against the backdrop of a rapid and huge growth in compassion for lost people, right, here's kind of the gulf that I'm seeing. I am seeing a, a gap between our compassion for lost people and our knowing how to do this, right? So my assumption when I look at these aren't, wow, my church hates people that are far from Jesus. Um, my, assumption is, my assumption is we really love people who are far from Jesus and we want them to know Jesus. We just don't really know how to help them with that. And so um, we want to close that gap over the next year by offering simple tools that anyone can use to share the gospel with their friends and neighbors, okay? That's the way that we want to close that gap. Now, we're going to kind of reflect on all of this data in in the light of our vision and mission for the next couple of years, but let me share you two more numbers. Let me share with you two more numbers. The first is this, that two people on the survey indicated that they are still investigating the way of Jesus. Now, I think that number is low, right? Because if you're investigating the way of Jesus, you probably read through that survey if you read through it at all and thought, I don't even know what I think about any of this stuff. And so if you are those two people or the larger group in our spiritual family that are still investigating the way of Jesus, we love you and we see you and we are glad that you are here and we want you to go on this journey with us because we are having so much fun. Um, And so if you're still investigating, we are so excited about that. The other number I wanna share with you is the one person who responded that they came to believe in Jesus for the first time through Regen. Yeah, so we can clap that, that's exciting. And if that is you, we love you, and we are glad that you are here, and that God worked in your life, and I even think that number might be low. And so, I'm really excited about everything that the Lord is doing. Now, why does all of this matter? Why do we measure these things, okay? Because remember, we've talked about the difference a couple weeks ago between counting and measuring. Pam Cooper was in the back of the room counting you, right? And after this gathering, someone will count the offerings, okay? That's what we count, but what we count and what we measure, they need to be different things. What we're trying to measure as a church is our growth in the words of Jesus, the ways of Jesus, and the works of Jesus. And we want to measure those things because we are on a three-year journey uh, of this vision. In fact, Amanda, could you put this on the screen? Let's, can we just say that out loud together this morning? Our vision is to give everyone in our neighborhoods and networks an opportunity to see, hear, and respond to the good news of Jesus. It's almost like you've heard that before. Um, uh, We believe that fasting, sharing the gospel, prayer, generosity, compassion for the lost, a lot of the things that we sought to measure in this assessment are vital as we seek to fulfill that vision. And that's why this matters. We are now, if you remember, we're not trying to run a whole race really fast. We're on a a three-year journey. A three-year journey. The first year, a year of blessing, equipping everyone to have a lifestyle of blessing in their ordinary places and spaces. Remember the blessed books? Uh, Starting next fall, we're going to be beginning kind of the next season in our journey of sending missionary disciples into their neighborhoods and networks to plant missional or or micro-communities. And then the year after that, multiplying missionary disciples and missional communities throughout our region. We want to see everyone have an opportunity to see, hear, and respond to the Jesus. See, hear, and respond to the good news of Jesus. That's gospel saturation. That's gospel saturation. Is what we're after. Now we have a team at our church called the Oversight Team. Uh, they derive their name from First Peter five which says, to the elders and overseers among you, I say, shepherd the flock of God among you, willingly, not under compulsion, as God would have you. Um, And so we exercise oversight uh, over our spiritual family. That oversight team is Harry and Kathy Britt, Art and Pam Cooper, and Randy and Jairus Banning, uh, and Stephanie Tennant and I, Sal. Thank you, yeah. Um, So we get to align. One of the key things that we do is we align our resources with the vision that God has given us. We align resources. What are some of those resources that we align? Well, one of them is our facility. So over the last year, we've sought to align our facilities with this vision, and that has included uh, recreating a prayer room in the, back of the, in the back of the church, a dedicated space where prayer happens, where also a lot of video recording happens and where youth group meets and other conversations are had, but it's a really sacred space that we plan to continue to leverage in the next year another way that we've aligned uh resources with our vision is through our improving our children's ministry spaces which is actually kind of ongoing if you drop your kids off in the back and notice that like walls need paint we see it too and uh we're gonna we're in the process of halfway there but um, we're really excited about the work um, that jess bradley has done to kind of lead us in that direction we're really thankful and for all of the volunteers by the way that serve even the ones that are back there now so they can't be with us um, another way that we're seeking to do this is with our parking lot uh, we, if you are hanging around regen, you know that we're trying to improve and repair our parking lot and uh, we are about 40 percent of the way to our seventy thousand dollar goal uh, and of what we have on hand about one third comes from savings and, and here's just what I, I was wanting to ask this morning how many of you walked across the parking lot to get into the building this morning Okay, some of you can levitate, and you've not told me that. Um, If your hand is raised, I just want to invite you to give an over and above gift to the Paving the Way campaign by March 15th. (laughs) See what I did there, wasn't that clever? Um, But we really believe uh, that this is an outward element as much as it is an inward element, right? We want anybody that happens to walk across, uh, walk onto our property, walk across our parking lot to not trip, and that is not an age thing. That is like a clumsiness factor thing. Um, That is a having a toddler thing. Um, And so we want to make that improvement this summer. And we would like everybody, if you would prayerfully consider making an over and above gift. Um, What does over and above mean, church? It means I'm giving my regular giving. And over and above that, I'm giving a gift to that. And if you could do that by March 15th, that would let the oversight team kind of know where we are and how to make that decision but we believe it's an inward thing it's caring for everybody in our spiritual family and quite frankly it's an upward thing it's hard to get into the building to worship jesus when we're like minesweepers, you know so we want to make sure we can take care of that one of the so that's one of the resources one of them is facilities one of them is finance and just to kind of share with you a little snapshot of where we were last year In 2021, we received $238,000 in giving toward a budget of $219,835, and you'll notice just a couple highlights from that. Almost $20,000 was given to missions in 2021 through our church. That's through missionaries we support. That's through Cuba. Uh, That's through uh, our local partners like Summit Academy, so that's really exciting. Uh, we're part of the United Methodist Church, and as part of our denomination, um, we have shared ministry funds where we give back some of our income to the denomination for missions work, and 100% of our apportionments, that's what that's called, was paid last year. And $2,146 was distributed through the 434 fund. Now, what is the 434 fund? Acts 434 says there was no need among them, right? Right? It's talking about the early church, that as they shared their life together, there was no need among them. And so some churches call that a benevolent fund. Um, But my thing is, you have to explain the word benevolent as much as you have to explain what Acts 434 is, and in that way, we're quoting a passage of scripture. But we use the 434 fund to pay um, uh, for unexpected medical expenses, for rent for people in our spiritual family that happen to be struggling in that season, Uh, utility bills appliance repair these kinds of things and the way that's kind of typically dispersed is one of the leaders in our church either on the oversight team or the staff or maybe a small group leader makes us aware of a need and then we work with that person to disperse that and so I'm telling you this for two reasons one if you find yourself kind of painted into a financial corner and you don't know how to get out you can you can ask for help Right, because we're, we're family, right? We're not a club, we're family. And family takes care of one another. Uh, and the other reason I tell you this is there's a few people in our spiritual family that from time to time like to make an over and above gift to this fund. Uh, and so you can do that too. Um, and sometimes when we're ma- made aware of a need, we'll even kind of go out to some people that we know have a heart for these things and they'll give to that fund so that we can disperse it. And it's just a really fun thing that we're able to do. Honestly, it's fun. It's fun to be able to bless people, yeah? Just a quick snapshot of our budget for 2022. Our budget this year is $258,352, which is an increase. Uh, It's a 17.5% increase over last year. Why is that? Um, We just increased budget lines uh, to reflect what we actually do. Um, And we also increased budget lines to reflect just growing ministries. And so we made more funding available to children's and youth ministries as well as local and global missions. Why? Because we're trying to give everyone in our neighborhoods and networks an opportunity to see here and respond to the good news of Jesus. And then, you know, never exciting, but facility maintenance and repair. As a church, um, we, we steward this facility. And did you know that if you're a member at our church, you own another house and I live in it? And so thank you, thank you for the new dishwasher that just came in yesterday. Um, uh, so that's part of the kind of arrangement as, uh, that we have as a church through our denomination is that housing is part of the package that we're provided for. And so that's a key element there. So that is our budget. The other, so we have facilities and finances, and then we have staff that the oversight team seeks to align. And uh, I just want to stop and say, I work with incredible people. Like I really do. Paid and unpaid staff—they're awesome. Um, Perfect? No, am I? Absolutely not. And nobody knows that better than that group of people. Okay. Um, But uh, it is so much fun to work with the leaders at our church that are both paid and unpaid. Uh, And I just want to say thank you. And in fact, this is a rare thing that we do. But could we just kind of thank the staff, paid and unpaid, for everything they do? They do work hard there is one particular update um, that we have asked the oversight team we've asked art cooper to share with our spiritual family it is about steph and i i am not being reappointed if you're a methodist i'm not being reappointed stay calm i will still be your pastor nothing okay um um, uh, we are not going anywhere at least not permanently so um we've asked art to share a little bit about that
1: that's fine, yeah. Great. First, can we read the rest of Psalm 2113? That was just Psalm 2113b. Get, get Psalm 21 and uh, verse 13 up on your device or in, in the Bible that you have. Rise up, O Lord, in all your power. With music and singing, we will celebrate your mighty acts this is kind of what we're doing. Uh, We're recognizing God at work in all his, in his mighty power, and we're just seeing little bits of it. So, next slide there, the tenants and sabbatical. Okay, what is sabbatical? Sabbatical is not vacation. Sabbatical is not something that a lot of people get to have. If you're a a plumber, you you don't say, I would like to take a little sabbatical. Uh, That means unemployment. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> we're not Unemploying Kyle and Steph But we are giving them A sabbatical of six weeks Next slide there From June 27 to August 8 It is not a time of Retooling They're not, We're not sending them off to school It's kind of a time of refueling And it's really A predictable pattern that we see All over the place uh, Did you notice th- like red stuff coming out on bushes as you drove here, as winter is giving way to spring. Okay, there's these times of renewing. And uh, you may not think so, but being a pastor, pastor's wife is kind of a tough job. Uh, They too take regular Sabbaths, but you happen to kind of live 24 seven on. And uh, so we wanna bless them with some time away, but it's not away from God. It's not away from responsibilities. They are still going to be doing the up, in, and out. They're going to have more protracted, longer times of up, in, and out. They're going to be interacting with some people from 3DM, and there is going to be mentoring there. And uh, so, this is a really good thing. It's we want to bless them. So, my challenge to you is: let's pray. Psalm 21, 13, rise up, O oh God, in all your power. And let's commit to praying for them. Uh, if you want a different perspective on, perspective on sabbatical, it's not like car maintenance. But you can talk to Josiah about what his work is. They take big planes apart every once in a while before they break. And re, retool them, not retool them, but refurbish them so that they're ready to go further. And that's we want them to be ready to go on further. So may they be refreshed and renewed. Thanks.
0: Yeah, we we love you. So we don't feel like we need to get away from you or escape from you. We do sense the Lord saying, come away with me for a minute. And so um, we will share with you kind of like a, how things will operate in that period of time. Um, but I think it's going to be a really powerful summer and I just can't wait for you to know all of that. But in June, we will make sure you have phone numbers and contact and all that kind of stuff. And uh, so those are some of the things that we do is as an oversight team, we align our resources with our vision. But, but here's what I've always loved about Regen. From the very, very beginning, from the very, very beginning, it has never been about numbers. It has never been about programs. It has never been about structures. It has never been about stuff. It has always been about people. It's always been about people. And so what we want to celebrate this morning is just what the Lord is doing in real people's lives. And so this is a a testimony video from our friend Amanda.
2: So I knew that Regen would be my church. I don't just, as soon as I walked in, like I was greeted. Somebody who actually doesn't attend here anymore came up to me and complimented my shirt. And like, instantly I was like, I feel seen. And I went to my previous church for like 27 years. And I don't know if I was ever seen. Halfway through I said, this is my church. This is where I'm gonna be and then COVID hit and I got text messages. Hey, can, can we pray for you? How can we pray for you? It's like, you didn't even know me, but you knew that I was somehow a part of this church already. I have grown in prayer in the last year uh, a lot, just through the prayer course, uh, that helped. I've done something similar, but it wasn't as deep. It wasn't as instructive just kind of getting the format and understanding that taking time out to pray is actually really important. And I I do it in the morning, which I know not everybody can, but my whole outlook on the day is so much better. I go to sleep at night and, you know, I pray. And (laughs) minus spiritual warfare, I sleep pretty well. So it's just prayer is such... It's always kind of been there on the shelf, but now I've taken it down and I'm really using it. I think I've grown a lot in just being more open about my faith, even though I've never necessarily have been hidden. I mean, I have, you know, Christian tattoos that's, it's hard not to tell like, oh, you're, you're, you're weird, like, (laughs) but just telling people what's going on. Uh, It's so easy just to tell people and like let me tell you what Jesus has done for me just in the past week. It doesn't even have to be, you know, 10 years ago when I was at my lowest point in my life. Just in the past week, he's done so much. If anybody has experienced spiritual stuckness and I have been there, don't be afraid to tell somebody. Don't You're not doing this on your own. You never have to do it on your own. One, Jesus is always with us, and two, there are so many people around who are so willing to listen to you, whether you realize it or not. They will, and they'll love you, and there will be no shame. Get prayer, it works. Trust me, it works. So I've seen answered prayer within the last year. Uh, For the last like 15 years, I've suffered from anxiety and depression. And really through COVID being laid off, the depression kind of subsided. But the anxiety within the last year, it's all but gone. The more I lean into prayer, the more I lean into Jesus, there's no room for the anxiety. There's no room for any of the doubt of where the money's gonna come from or what people think because it doesn't matter. I don't care anymore.
0: I mean, I, I don't know about you, I watch a video and I go like, I want more of that. Yes, Lord, I want more of that, Lord. I want more stories like that. I want more stories of transformation. I want more stories of lives radically altered by the presence of Jesus. I want people discovering their calling and stepping into their gifting. I want to see all of that happening. And that's why we're saying we, that's why we're after what we're after. That's why we are after everyone in our neighborhoods and networks having an opportunity to see here and respond to the good news. Because I want the people in my neighborhoods and networks to experience what Amanda's experiencing. I want to experience that. And and here's what I know. We are trying to do something that, that not every church does. We have a calling on us that not every church does. And for us to see the fruit of what we're saying we want to see, for this to be more than just words we say but a reality we experience my deep sense from the lord is that he is calling us into a season that i'm calling a season of extraordinary prayer and fasting extraordinary prayer and fasting you may feel like you've been praying for spiritual breakthrough you may have been fasting for spiritual breakthrough and the lord says yes now let's go deeper um A lot of you know in January, Steph and I were in Los Angeles with some leadership friends, and we got to listen to a guy named Josh, and he's part of a disciple-making movement in India, and they have planted 5,000 microchurches in the last year. 5,000! They planted 1,300 the year before that, and 300 the year before that. And so we're listening to this, and he's showing us all his tools and all this kind of stuff, and in my heart, is rising up this thought, and the thought is, that can happen in India, but it can't happen here. Right? Evidently, I wasn't the only one thinking that, because somebody got up and said to Josh, okay, Josh, that sounds great, and I'm so glad that's happening in India. He said, um, well, I don't, I don't think that can happen here in the U.S. We have to contextualize this in certain ways. Contextualizing is sometimes Christian code for lowering our expectations, and he said we need to contextualize this in a different way and Josh said listen I travel all over the world I I travel to Japan I travel to Taiwan I travel to Thailand I, I travel here I go to Africa I go there I go here and everybody says the same thing to me they say Josh that'll work in India it'll never work here and Josh said my only response to that is as far as I know God is the same in India as he is where you are right but he said as far as I know nobody prays like people in India." right? I think what we have set out to do by the Lord's calling um, cannot be sustained by the, or initiated by the level of prayer we're at now, right? I mean, I look throughout history and all great moves of God are preceded by and sustained by extraordinary prayer and fasting, extraordinary prayer and fasting, and so I'm calling our spiritual family into a season of extraordinary prayer and fasting today. Now, your expectations for that might be low. And to that, listen what um, James says. Uh, James, go to that next one for me, Amanda. This is James 5. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed fervently that it might not rain, and for three years and six months, it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again, and heaven gave rain, and the earth bore its fruit. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed, and it did not rain, right? And you and I think, well, I'm not perfect enough, I'm not holy enough, God can't use me, um, what good can come out of the Mahoning Valley, he's not going to do it here, he might do it in some other big cities, but he's never going to do it, what good can come out of Nazareth, right, I think the Lord is calling us to a season of not just prayer and fasting, but extraordinary prayer and fasting for the people in our neighborhoods and networks that we want to see here and respond to the good news of Jesus, right, why can't God do it here, Why can't God do it here? The verse that the Lord has continued to give me, uh, it's kind of, I think, my verse for the year is Psalm 105 verse 4. It says, seek the Lord in his strength. Seek his presence continually. Here's what that has meant for me. I do not turn down an opportunity to pray with somebody, right? Which has led me to be in four prayer meetings a week, right? But I'm not asking you to be in... Here's what I'm not asking you to do. I'm not asking you to be in four prayer meetings a week. I'm asking you to set aside Thursdays from March 10th through early June as our spiritual family's day of prayer and fasting. I'm asking just for Thursdays to be our spiritual family's day of prayer and fasting. Now, you know me. Again, hi. I was going to say, Thursdays is going to be our day of prayer and fasting to infinity and beyond. (laughs) Right? We're just never going to stop right? Um, But uh, your pastor's wife got a hold of you and got a hold of me and said, okay, let's set a time frame. And if the Lord wants more, he can have more. And here's what I'm going to ask us to do on that day. I want to ask you to fast. Now, I understand not everybody can do that because of where you are physically. So I'm going to ask you to fast in some way, shape, or form on Thursdays. If that's from food, that's great. Usually when Steph and I fast from food, It's from dinner. In this case, it would be after dinner on Wednesday until mid-afternoon on Thursday, right? Skipping kind of the first two meals of the day for more prayer. Uh, It might be saying no to cable news. It might mean taking the social media apps off your phone that day. It might mean skipping the third Starbucks. I mean, I I don't know what it is for you. I want to ask you to fast with us on Thursdays. I want to ask you to pray with us on Thursdays. now. We're going to have a midday prayer time on zoom um, that will be available to everybody but we know that you have jobs and we love that and so we will have um, a few other prayer resources for you one of those resources will be uh, first thing when you wake up in the morning there will be a prayer podcast in the regeneration podcast feed so that while you're driving to work there'll be like an eight minute guided prayer time for you we'll have that in writing if you're not a podcast person we're going to have bullet points of prayer that you can pray with your kids right and if you can't pray with us at some point during the day on Thursday we just want you to find a prayer partner that you can pray with on Thursday now that might be your spouse before you guys go to bed on Thursday might be your best friend on the way to work talking on the phone we want everybody in our church praying on Thursdays from March 10 through June 5 and 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 here is why Here's why, listen to this quote from Walter Wink. History belongs to the intercessors who believe the future into being. Y'all, I was almost slain in the spirit in my car while I heard this quote read. History belongs to the intercessors who believe the future into being. Even a small number of people firmly committed to the new inevitability on which they have fixed their imaginations can decisively affect the shape the future takes a season of extraordinary prayer and fasting, asking God to move in ways he has not moved in our region, asking God to bring breakthrough in places and in ways that he has not done or we have not seen him do or we have just begun to see him do in our neighborhoods and networks and our families and co-workers. And listen, I I love the kind of prayer That is, let's pray for this health concern. Let's pray for this brokenness. Let's pray for the sadness. That kind of shepherding prayer is really powerful. I want us to keep that and add to it some apostolic prayer for God to open doors for the gospel in the mall and in your workplaces. I want to add to that prophetic prayer where we're listening for the strongholds that God is asking us to tear down. I want to add to that evangelistic prayer. I want us to pray for 100 people to come to faith through our church or through our prayers in the next two years. And you in your heart just said, I don't think it can happen. And the gap, if there's a gap between our desires and what we think we'll see, I want to close the gap with prayer. Right? I want to close the gap with prayer. Why? Because history belongs to the intercessors. History belongs to the intercessors. And so here's where this begins. It begins today. And Steph's going to lead us in that.
3: So what we want to do today is just invite you to um, get in small groups and pray. And so we know some people um, you know, are, are aware of, of illness, so stay in a group that you feel comfortable with. If you want to just pray with who you came with, or if you want to grab a couple of other people, that's fine. So two to four or five, whatever you'd like to do. Not everyone needs to pray. We're just asking one person in each group to pray for these things. And so, um, as Kyle said, we want to pray for God to reveal spiritual strongholds and for those to be dismantled. We want to ask for an increased boldness to share the good news of Jesus. And we want to ask for a fresh filling and empowering of the Holy Spirit. And the reason, probably two and three should be flipped, but a friend of mine was just talking about how in um, Acts, when they're empowered by the Holy Spirit, it's to give them boldness to share the gospel. Um, As the Spirit falls, that's what they do. They share the gospel and people come to know Christ. It's not just for kind of that um, healing of the internal spiritual family, but it's also for the out and so, um, so go ahead and we're just going to, we're not going to take a lot of time to do this. So just go ahead and, um, you know, connect with whoever you came with. or some people around you and just one of you pray for, for these three things. Okay. So ready, set, go.
0: You are a missionary. Jesus said, as the father has sent me, so I am sending them. He is sending you. You are the love letter that God is writing to your friends and neighbors. And so we're going to end by praying a prayer that we find in Acts 4 and get used to it because it's another thing that we're going to start praying together every time we're together. um, Read this with me. And now, O Lord, give us, your servants, great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. Amen.